This year, the NBA is introducing an all-new in-season tournament. And today, we have information about how the tournament is going to work, where games are going to be played, and we now know which teams the Sacramento Kings will be facing in the group stage of the tournament. I'm here to share with you all the details that you need to know right here on Locked on Kings. You are Locked on Kings, your daily Sacramento Kings podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And now, ladies and gentlemen, it is that time. Time for another episode of Locked On Kings. Hello and welcome to Locked On Kings, your podcast hub for Sacramento Kings coverage all off-season long. My name is Matt George. I have the privilege of being your host here. I'm a Sacramento sports reporter and producer for ABC 10 News. I'm back here in the studio. Good to be back from vacation. If you missed my return episode of Locked On Kings that I posted uh, last night talking about all of the off-season moves, go and check that out. And at the end of that podcast... I shared that I was going to be talking a lot about Keegan Murray today. Well, that was the plan until about half an hour ago when the NBA decided to, on a nice, calm Saturday evening, drop a bombshell of all of their information about their new in-season tournament. And this stuff is so, obviously, topical. It's so interesting. And there's a Sacramento Kings tie. I thought, you know what? I'm going to push the Keegan Murray stuff back to tomorrow's episode of Locked on Kings. So sorry about you, Keegan Murray fans and Kings fans who wanted to Hear my thoughts on how well he played in the California Classic. We'll get to that, but I have to share with you all the information about this new in-season tournament, as well as my opinion on this in-season tournament, because I'm actually really excited about it. But let's go through the details first of, of what we can expect. First and foremost, the season is going to be held in November through early December. It te technically begins on Friday, November 3rd. The championship game, the final game, will be held on Saturday, December 9th. Uh, uh, the teams will be competing for the NBA Cup, right? So it's the first ever NBA Cup, this trophy, the prestige, the honor of winning in the, in the middle of the season. But of course, for players to care, for all of us to care, there has to be more incentive placed on top of that. Not only will these games have an effect on the regular season, which I'll get into in a little bit, players are incentivized to, uh, to try and go as deep as possible because there are financial uh, ramifications or financial prizes. There will be a prize pool and teams who make it to the knockout rounds all the way to whoever's crown champion. Every single round, as deep as you make it, there is more of a financial incentive, more of a prize pool that is split up amongst the players uh, and I'm sure coaches of the winning team. So money is the driving factor for why players are going to be trying to, uh, to, to win this cup and still trying to compete in addition to, of course, uh, the, the classic regular season uh, implications uh, that we know and love. So here is how this tournament works. There is, if, if you're not familiar with, with soccer tournaments, this tournament is very similar to like an in-season tournament in soccer, which is very prominent around the world. Here in the United States, we have the U.S. Open Cup, which any professional team uh, in the United States can compete in this cup. They In, in England, they have the the FA Cup, where all the teams in England, all the clubs in England are, are playing against each other for the uh, team to be crowned like the champion of the FA Cup or the champion in England. Of course, there's also the Champions League and, and things like that. There's a lot of tournaments that happen during the season in professional soccer. So the NBA is kind of adapting this model a little bit. And those tournaments are very successful, very interesting, very compelling. In fact, 
our Sacramento Republic FC USL soccer club here in town uh, made it all the way to the final uh, of the U.S. Open Cup last year, uh, falling to the uh, or uh, Orlando FC uh, in, in the final in Orlando. And that was a pretty big run, a pretty big deal for, for the Republic, who are absolutely a professional team, but not on that MLS level, MLS being the main uh, league here in uh, in the United States. But that's soccer. Let's get to basketball here. So there's a group stage. This is how every single team participates in the initial round uh, of the uh, of the tournament. And so there are going to be six groups total, three groups from each conference. Each one of those groups will consist of five teams. So we found out that the Sacramento Kings have drawn group C in the Western Conference. So the third group in the Western Conference. They will be taking on the Golden State Warriors, the Oklahoma City Thunder, the Minnesota Timberwolves, and the San Antonio Spurs. Those are the four other teams in their group. The way the group stage will work is that the Kings will play each one of those teams one time. Two of those games will be in the Golden One Center. The other two games will be on the road at whatever other team they're playing. We don't know the schedule yet, so we have no idea which games are going to be home, which games are going to be away. We just know that the Kings and every team is guaranteed to play four games of the group stage. To give you an idea of the other groups, the Memphis Grizzlies, Phoenix Suns, Los Angeles Lakers, Utah Jazz, and, and uh, Portland Trailblazers are Group A of the West. The Denver Nuggets, LA Clippers, New Orleans Pelicans, Dallas Mavericks, and Houston Rockets are Group B of the Western Conference. In my opinion, out of the West, the Kings might have gotten the best draw. Not by a massive margin, but again, you look at this group, the Warriors, the Kings, the Thunder, the T-Wolves, the Spurs, very compelling teams, very compelling groups, but the Kings, I'd say, have a really good chance of coming out of this group and moving on to what would be the, the quarterfinal round. Now, the teams that move on to the quarterfinal are the team with the best record in each of the groups, so three in the West, three in the East, that's six teams that move on to the quarterfinals, as well as whichever of the remaining teams, whoever has the best record in the West and whoever has the best record in the East will advance and become wild card teams. So the way the quarterfinals will work is games will continue to be played in arenas. So let's say the Sacramento Kings have the best record. They come out of Group C. Uh, they have the best record. Let's say they go undefeated. They're, they're 4-0 in group play. Let's say there's no other 4-0 team in the West, so they would be the number one seed in this opinion, uh, this scenario. They'd probably play the wild card team. They would then host the uh, the quarterfinals. From this point on, these are the knockout stages. This is elimination. Now you're in the money at this point. Players are in the money, so they will be taking home a, a portion of the prize pool just for making it this far. But at this point on, it's win and keep going, lose and you're out. It's not playoff series, it's not best of, it's win and move on, lose and you're out, which sets up some pretty compelling and fun scenarios to where in the NBA playoffs, best of seven series, right? It's not too often that you're going to have major upsets and, and, and teams go on magical runs and things like that. It's hard for an eighth, seventh, or sixth seed, even though we saw it this year, it's hard for those teams to beat one, two, three seeds consistently four out of seven times, right? In this scenario, we could have a team like the Oklahoma City Thunder. You could have a team like the San Antonio Spurs. Let's say Victor Wimbanyama and the Spurs get hot at the right time and they uh, have success in the group stage and they just keep on winning and make their way all the way to the championship. It's compelling, it's interesting, it's fun, and it's different. So those are one of the some of the reasons why I'm actually a big fan of the idea of this tournament, even though it's going to be very different. But So these teams will advance to the quarterfinals. Those games will be held inside of team arenas. Then... 
the semifinal round, so the four teams that advance to the semifinal round, two from the West and two from the East, will go to Vegas where the remainder of the tournament will be held. Whoever wins in the semifinal rounds will advance to the finals round, the best of the East versus the best of the West, just like the NBA Finals. One game, winner take all. The winner gets the cup. The loser gets nothing. Now, here's what's important. How does this impact the regular season? Every single game in the group stage, knockout stage, quarterfinals, and semifinals, all these games count towards the regular season record. So these games are not, the season is not put on pause for this tournament to happen. All these games count for the regular season and playoff seeding uh, like, uh, like normal, like it, it always has been in the NBA. The championship game, however, does not count. So this championship game, I don't know if it's going to be like an 83rd game. I have no idea how it's going to work. Obviously, only two teams are going to play it. So the championship game will not count towards the, towards the regular season. That will just be for the cup itself. So again, the Kings have drawn Group C of the West. They are taking on the Warriors, Thunder, T-Wolves, and Spurs. They will t play each team once, two games at home, two games on the road. All of these games, plus if the Kings advance the later rounds, all of these games will count towards the Sacramento Kings uh, regular season record. Uh, let's see. I think that's it. I think that's that's the most important information from this. So I want to hear your thoughts. I want to hear what you think about this tournament. Do you like the idea? Do you not like the idea? Me personally, I think it's a compelling way to add something to care about in the middle of the season. I mean, for those of us diehards who care about every single game and watch every single game obsessively, Maybe we didn't necessarily need this, and there are going to be basketball purists out there and those who don't like to embrace change going, don't change it, Bah, get off my lawn. Like, and that, If that's you, I, I don't necessarily blame you. Like The idea of the in-season tournament, I always kind of rolled my eyes at. I was like, I just don't know how it's going to work. Now that we have details of it, now that we know a little bit more of how it's going to work, I'm kind of cool with the concept. I think it's going to be fun. You might have a juggernaut team like the... San Antonio Spurs, let's say the Denver Nuggets make it all the way to the finals and, and, and win the NBA Cup and they're champ, defending champions. Now they win the Cup. That could happen, of course. And a lot of times in these major tournaments around the world, you see juggernaut clubs make it to the end, make it uh, and, and actually win. That could be the case. Or like I said, we could have these Cinderella stories. We could have these fun stories. I just think it, it makes games in normally a slower part of the season, November, December. Season is still early, so we're still excited. But those games don't necessarily matter as much as games do in February and March when we're starting to jockey for playoff position, right? So it makes the games a little more compelling. I'm not a huge fan of them being in Las Vegas, but I get it. That's a market that the NBA is not in. It's a very popular market right now. The Summer League is doing phenomenal in, the, uh, in, uh, in, in Las Vegas. And I think all the games today and the games tomorrow have been sold out. Now, of course, a lot of that probably has to do with Victor Wembanyama, but regardless, like, Vegas is a good host city for stuff like this, for obvious reasons. So I get it. Not necessarily too happy about that, especially if it were regular season games that, let's say the Kings make it there and make it all the way to the semifinals. Those are regular season games that could be taken away from Sacramento and played in Las Vegas. Either way, I mean, it, I, we know we'd have a large contingent of Sacramento Kings fans that would travel. I like this. I think it's going to be fun. I think it's going to be new. I think it's going to be different. I'm glad there's financial incentive for players to care. I'm very interested to see, like, how do teams, do teams use this tournament as, like, developmental opportunity? Do teams really try and go for it and win this? Like, it's going to be interesting to see teams who are really NBA championship or bust 
right? Teams like the Phoenix Suns, for example. The Suns are built to win a title and nothing else. Maybe even the Golden State Warriors to some extent, like they are titles, title or nothing. Do they care about the regular season tournament? Do they go for the regular season tournament or do they use that opportunity to rest Steph Curry here or there or rest Bradley Beal or rest Kevin Durant here or there? And if they make it and win, great, hurrah, more money and a cool trophy. But if not, eh, whatever, we still have the regular season and more importantly, the playoffs to worry about. We'll have to see. It's going to be different. I'm here for it. I'm excited about it, especially now that we know which teams the Sacramento Kings are going to be facing in the group stage. So again, let me know how you're feeling. You can reach me on Twitter at MattGeorgeSack. You can email me MattGeorgeSports at gmail.com or leave your thoughts in the YouTube comment section down below. Today's episode of the Locked On Kings podcast is brought to you by BetterHelp. Therapy is something that I encourage everybody to at least give a try. I was very skeptical with therapy, as a lot of people are skeptical with therapy. And a lot of people think my problems aren't big enough for therapy, or I don't need a therapist to tackle these daily things that I'm going on. Mental health is becoming a lot more talked about. It's a lot more important, especially in the NBA too. You have mental health specialists that are now part of teams, uh, uh, like teams training staffs and things like that. So mental health is being treated a lot more seriously in professional sports and in the world, and that's a wonderful thing. But I'm telling you, it doesn't take massive trauma or severe depression or, or some of these things that we typically maybe associate mental health and associate like therapy with. You don't have to go through struggles of addiction or anything like that or divorces with your family to have or to go see a therapist. You can go simply to work on the little things about yourself that maybe you don't even know you need to unpack. And that was a situation with me where I went into to therapy. Part of it was to do uh, counseling with my wife and, and, and work on our marriage. And the other part of it was just to work on my myself and my therapist, TJ, who I established a really, really great bond with. Uh, and I've been seeing for the past few years, I started seeing him uh, during COVID. Like we uh, established a bond and he helped me unpack things from my, my childhood that affected uh, who I am as a person, affected my subconscious and my decision-making and things like that and helped me unpack and work through some of that stuff. That's what therapy can do for you. And right now, better help is arguably the best way to really, truly give therapy a try. BetterHelp is completely online. It's designed to be convenient, to work with your schedule, suited to your schedule, flexible, whatever you need. BetterHelp is there for you. All you have to do is fill out a brief questionnaire and you'll get matched with a licensed therapist. Now, here's one of the coolest parts. If maybe that licensed therapist you get matched with, maybe it doesn't work out. Like it's important to have a strong bond with that therapist. Maybe the first therapist or two, like you just don't feel that connection with, or you, do, you just don't have that, that, uh, trust required to really truly unpack these things that's okay you can try different therapists and switch up for free with better help visit better help right now betterhelp.com slash lockdown nba today and you can get 10 percent off your first month that's betterhelp h-e-l-p.com slash locked on nba one of the newest Sacramento Kings, Chris Duarte, who the Kings acquired in a trade with the Indiana Pacers for a couple second round picks. He was made available to the media in Las Vegas earlier today. Now, of course, I'm not in Vegas for Summer League this year. So this video comes courtesy of the Sacramento Kings. They recorded this and sent this out. So thank you to them for that. Uh, but here are, I'm going to play for you some videos, clips, and some sound clips of, uh, of Chris Duarte speaking with the press for the first time. The first one is, of course, him talking about simply being excited to, to be here and play for the Sacramento Kings. I'm just excited, you know, I'm just excited for this uh, new journey, you know, looking forward to work with the team, uh, great organization, great fan base, 
you know, um, getting back together with Thomas, you know, I'm just excited overall. Uh, this team did, um, you know, great job last year, and you know, I'm just excited uh, to get together with the team and, you know, bring uh, whatever I can to the table, and, and I'm willing to do whatever I need to do to help this team. Coming from the Indiana Pacers, Chris Duarte spent time playing with DeMontis Sabonis last season. Now, if you don't know about Duarte, he is going into his third year. His rookie season was his best season of his career so far. He had a drop-off last year with all the changes to the Pacers organization, including DeMontis Sabonis being traded away. Now, it's not a coincidence that Duarte struggled after Sabonis was traded away, and you're going to hear Chris now talk a lot about his relationship with Sabonis uh, and the connection that the two of them established in Indiana and can now pick up and continue to run with in Sacramento. Well, Thomas took me under his wings since day one. You know, when I got to Indiana, he just, you know, um, walked me through, you know, hey, CD, you know, this is what it's like to be in the NBA. Make sure you do this, make sure you do that. So I really appreciate him, you know, and a uh, great dude, great person. I met his family. Um, I can sit here and talk about him for hours. So, mm -hmm. so just so you know, we have a good good relationship. And what about on the court? Like, you know, playing that dribble handoff game and him setting you, <laughs> you up? Guys, you guys see that before, you know? So uh, me and him, we just have a good chemistry, you know, a good connection. Uh, we both speak Spanish, so that, that always helps. Um, we just got a good connection on the court. Um, you know, I just know how to play with him. Finally, here's Chris talking about what he brings to Sacramento, both on the offensive and defensive ends of the floor. I'm a shooter, you know, I'm a shooter and, uh, you know, just playing uh, around Sabonis and Fox, you know, um, two all-star players, uh, playing for Coach Brown and, you know, um, Dodge and Jays and the, those uh, uh, team staff that we got, you know, I, I guess they know, you know, what I can bring to the table, so I'm just excited. But something that I learned in Oregon was that defenses always travel. You know, um, not every night you're going to shoot the ball well. Right. So you got to bring something else to the table. You got to impact the game in a different way, you know. And defensively, that's how you stay on the court. So I, I like to play, you know, I like to be on the court. So, you know, um, and every team loves that, you know. Uh, team, uh, when you give effort like that, you know, everybody loves that. So. I'm very excited to see Chris Duarte and see how he fits into the rotation. I definitely think he's going to be part of the Kings' 9- or 10-man rotation. Excited to see what he can bring on defense offensively with his ability to space the floor and shoot. He should work well. Uh, and we'll get our first real look at him, of course, in training camp coming on uh, later in this offseason, coming on in the fall before the regular season starts. I think he can be a very solid, impactful player for the Kings. I don't have super high expectations. Um, but I think he can help this Kings team win basketball games which is what it's all about. Coming up next week on the Locked On Kings podcast, I'm going to be joined by Tony East. He's the host of the Locked On Pacers podcast. He and I have spent many a podcast together talking, of course, about the Tyrese Halliburton to Montes Sabonis trade. Tony and I are going to discuss Chris Duarte, and, and Tony's going to give us a little more insight on Chris Duarte's two seasons in Indiana, what the Kings are getting. Tony did tell me when we were talking about doing this podcast, he thought that this was a great trade for the Sacramento Kings, so we'll discuss this uh this move and, and learn a little bit more about Chris Duarte coming next week on the Locked on Kings podcast. So like I mentioned at the top of the show, I have Keegan Murray talk coming. I promise you it's coming. I can't wait 
to talk about Keegan Murray and how great he played in the California Classic. Those of you who have listened to Locked On Kings, you know how big of a Keegan Murray fan that I am. So it was difficult for me to postpone that to tomorrow so that I could talk about the uh, the NBA in-season tournament today. Uh, but I can't wait to talk about Keegan Murray, specifically him developing or evolving into that third scoring option and, and a go-to score for the Sacramento Kings as early as next season. So we'll talk about his California Classic performances and projects like how he can uh, adapt to that role for the Kings next year. That'll come on tomorrow's episode of Locked on Kings. Also tomorrow, I want to talk about Jordan Ford. Folsom High School represent, like if, if you're not familiar with Folsom High School, it's one of the high schools here uh, in the uh, greater Sacramento area. Uh, they're really, really well known for their football program, a multi-time state champion. But their basketball program, very solid as well. And Jordan Ford played basketball for the Folsom Bulldogs. Also played at St. Mary's Moraga, which I believe is the same school that Matthew Della Vadova uh, played at here, if I'm if I'm not mistaken. So uh, we will see uh, if Jordan Ford potentially... I, I think he's absolutely going to get a training camp invite. Could he get a two-way contract, that final two-way contract spot? Could he actually get a main roster spot as the third point guard? He's balling out right now for the Sacramento Kings in Summer League. Had a great first game in Las Vegas. So we'll talk about him a little bit more on tomorrow's episode of Locked on Kings as well. Until then, I appreciate all your support. Again, remember, share with me your thoughts on this new in-season tournament and the, gr the, the group that the Sacramento Kings uh, were selected into or, or the group that they drew. Uh, I'm looking forward to this. I think it's going to be a fun way to, uh, to spice up the regular season a little bit, uh, and I want to hear your thoughts on it, so please send them to me. My name is Matt George. Thank you so much for listening to the Locked on Kings podcast, as always. Can't wait to have you join me on the next episode tomorrow. Until then, you have been listening to Locked on Kings, part of the Locked on Podcast Network.